Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Joe, we are live. What's up, everybody? March 13th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro, alongside my co-host, my partner, the managing editor of Fightful MMA, Sean Rossop. Fight, Fightful in general. Fightful online. Sean Rossop. Make sure you give him a follow with that slick shirt. I'm loving that shirt, Sean. Kentucky. The blue and white, for those uh, that don't know, I am from Toronto, so the blue and whites, are, those are special colors uh, to us over here. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, I guess you can say the Blue Jays uh, and other teams as well, but uh, that's a pretty slick shirt, my friend. Kentucky, NCAA tournament there. SEC champions for the 31st time. Play Davidson on Thursday. Gonna go watch it with my grandma. Really? Not not live. Just gonna visit her. Oh, okay. I was gonna say nah, it's pretty they're cool. in like Boise, Idaho, or some shit. Yeah, I was gonna tournament. say. I know. I got you. Got you. Listen, guys. We got and ladies uh, for those tuning in. Don't forget, top right of your screen, we do have the live chat. We're gonna let it build up a little bit right now. But uh, for those that are tuned in live right now, uh, lots to talk about. We're gonna have some guests joining us. Curtis Blades will join us. We all love Curtis Blades, uh, Alistair Rovereem. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit, and I'm sure he will as well. Joe Lozon will be joining us. J-Lo, uh, who I go way back to Apex of 2003, Apex Fighting Championships in 2003 when I got to call his fight against Ivan Menjivar, another UFC vet. Uh, Bellator in Budapest gets a new main event. We'll discuss that shortly. UFC London. Not many people are talking about this show, but uh, it's got some pretty good scraps on there. That goes down this weekend. We'll preview that. We also have our pros picks, and we all know how Sean likes to segue to those pros picks. In essence, he'll just cut me off, and then bang, we're doing pros picks. But uh, I, I learned a new thing, Sean. I'll drink to that. 
Oh, what's that? What's that? I, I didn't see it on my screen. They're not paying me. I shouldn't give them any pub. <laughs> but I've, I've had to uh, live off of these this week as we launch a premium service for the Fightful Wrestling side of things. So Monster Energy. Have you ever noticed whenever I put my coffee cup up, I don't show what it is, but it's kind of obvious what it is. But yeah, it's not. It's just it's it's actually a to-go cup. I use this thing forever. It's my to-go cup, but it's never this brand of coffee in the cup. Is it it's Tim Hortons? No, 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 no. Oh, it's, uh, okay. It's a Starbucks cup. It's a Starbucks uh, to-go cup. I picked it up a while ago, uh, but I've, I make I drink so much coffee. I make my own coffee, and it's like, well, if I'm gonna be at my desk. I want it to stay warm because if you just put it in a cup or a mug, it gets cold. So I did, keep this thing in the kitchen nice and warm. Did you ever hear the Jimmy Van story about how he got Tim Hortons coupons? No. They did the little roll-up game or something like that, where you roll up the yep. cup. Well, he got like thirty of those. All losers. He mailed them to the CEO of Tim Hortons and said, your game is rigged. This is bullshit. And they sent him a book of coupons. So, God, Jimmy Van. When he put me in a hotel for Toronto last year, there was a Tim Hortons right on the corner. And I had never been to a Tim Hortons. I hadn't experienced Tim Hortons. It has a little bit of everything. You can go yes. there, breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch. You can grab something to drink there. So my bank statement had like, oh, I don't know, 15 charges from Tim Hortons over yep. three days. So I'm going to have to get upset at Tim Hortons pretty soon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I'm coming yeah. back to, to Canada this summer. but What are the yeah. odds of you coming back this summer? Hopefully pretty good. Unless Jimmy def- dissolves Fightful, I might just bring myself up there. No, he won't. It'll be uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully, it's another Blue Jays game again, and we put the whole fight family together uh, and and Jimmy Van's company. That was a good time. For those that don't know, Sean Ross Sapp let, uh, brought us here. All kinds of good luck in that game. It was an extra inning. It was an extra inning walk off, wasn't it? Yeah, there were there were uh, three walk offs the week I was there. Yeah, so, so that was insane. Coming up, Sean. Jay season's, uh, you know, Dunedin. They're, they're all in Dunedin right now. Spring training underway. Grapefruit League's going. So, so there's, there's like, in my mind, here's the thing. I'm questioning morally whether I'm allowed to adopt Toronto teams or not. I've worked for a Toronto company for about two years. <laughs> and I don't know if I'd ever told you this, but even as a child, when my mom would be like, oh, where's somewhere you want to visit? Like, I was drawn to Toronto. I just... I like the Blue Jays colors and the idea of the Sky Dome. And you remember back then, the Sky Dome was the first of its kind. There was nothing like the Sky Dome, and I thought that was so cool. The Blue Jays were winners back then, like big-time winners. 92-93, I played for them for my Little League team. So I've always felt like a love for Toronto. And being a Bulls fan right now ain't easy, let me tell you. Being a Reds fan these days isn't that easy either. And I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I could pick up an AL team because I'm sure as shit not picking up the Indians. Oh my goodness! No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. But we'll see. We'll see how that works. Uh, the the Raptors are a fun one to maybe adopt these days. I'll tell you that much. But they're doing fantastic. I went to watch a game uh, last Tuesday uh, after our podcast. For those that remember, my son decided to. Uh, Crashed the podcast. He was wearing his Raptors <laughs> Raptors shirt. He was already ready to go. It was the time of our lives, and it was a great game. Uh, and the past, what, two or three games the Raptors have played since have been fantastic. So they're doing absolutely amazing. Uh, speaking of doing absolutely amazing, I'm not sure what Sean's going to say uh, in a little bit when we discuss Jose Aldo Jr. Yeah. Now wanting to fight Stevens. Little heathen. 
Jeremy Stevens. We'll talk about that. Darren Till wants to take on RDA. Rockhold wants Gustafson. I think I kind of like that fight, yeah. but for we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. Holly Holm apparently not retiring. She's already requested a rematch with Cyborg. Not sure what I totally think of that. Uh, there's Fabricio Verdum, who's competing in the main event this Saturday, or this weekend, excuse me. Well, Saturday. Uh, and Pro Wrestling? question mark if you see it on our youtube page and on our and at fightful mma we'll get sean to go in depth with that and if you guys don't know a lot of fighters have been cut from the ufc roster mr sean rossap where do you want to take this right now man there, there's quite a bit to get into let's go ahead and um talk about rashad evans getting a fight and anthony smith moving up i like that for both and it's a fa- that's an okay fight it's not going to be a headliner it sure as hell better not be a co-main event Nikita Krylov fan said something that stuck with me years ago. He said, I don't know why anybody would pay to see Rashad Evans fight. And I agree with that. But Rashad Evans being on the card isn't going to make me not watch it either. His fights are not good, but he was a once relevant name that has stuck around the UFC. I'm down for that fight. I like it. I think it's a fantastic fight. I like Hamilton moving up. Uh, and I think he's going to give Rashad a lot of problems. I know Rashad Evans is that example that I like to use where it's like maybe he can't compete the way he did when he was a world champion, but he's not going down like BJ Penn was going down and Chuck Liddell was going down and you know Machida at times, You know, even though Machida won his last fight. But um, he's a fighter that he's not getting hurt. He may be losing by decision, unable to finish fighters, but he's not getting hurt to the point where he's getting knocked out completely. Um, I think he's doing pretty good, but Hamilton's going to give him problems. I'll tell you right now, Hamilton's going to give him a lot of problems. Yeah, you mean Smith, right? Excuse me, Smith, yeah. Because Anthony Hamilton Hamilton wouldn't give Rashad Evans any problems. At heavyweight, even. Rashad Evans would knock out Anthony Hamilton in under one, one minute at heavyweight. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a good fight. I really do. And there are several people that seem to be kind of wanting to make their own fights, and we can get into that. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Now, my my only qualm with Jose Aldo is he can't... He's playing the hokey pokey with his MMA career. But if you want to talk about a realistic opponent, a good opponent, him versus Jeremy Stevens, thumbs up. That's the most sense I've seen Jose Aldo make in a long time. He sees Jeremy Stevens. He he knows that his name is on the come up, and that's crazy to think after I know. this long that Jeremy Stevens is on the come up. He was a guy that we made jokes about regularly. We almost had a soundbite to regularly throw to. Brilliant booking, brilliant self booking, and I'll bet that Jeremy Stevens is like, hell yeah, give me that fight. He'll take it. 100% he'll take it. That's a great victory on his resume should he pull it off. I mean, to have Jose Aldo Jr., former featherweight champion, the original featherweight champion of the UFC, on your resume as someone you defeated. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to make Jeremy Stevens the favorite in that fight, right? I mean, Jose Aldo Jr., just, I mean, he got his butt whooped uh, twice by um, Max Holloway. And the second time was even worse. So I don't know what's, I mean, we see what's going on with, with Hen and Barrow. Right, Hannon Burrell just simply can't. It's not the same uh, as he was before. Now, do, do we want to make that same argument of Jose Aldo Jr. the post USADA era, right? Or, or ever since USADA came in? I don't know, but I think this is a hell of a test, right? Yep. Jeremy Stevens. I, I don't see Jeremy Stevens looking to wrestle a Jose Aldo, which you know could be. Uh, I I don't know that he could. No, no offense to Jeremy Stevens and his skill set, but. Jose Aldo has some pretty excellent defensive wrestling, or at least traditionally did, so I think that's a great one. Darren Teal wants Rafael Dos Anjos. Now, depending when, on when Tyron Woodley gets back, 
I'd be down for that too because here we are, what, five, four or five months after Darren Teal fought? And we yeah, don't have anything. Not it's only long. that, like, he disappeared off the face of the earth for a few months. We didn't hear from him or anything after there was this great buzz of him defeating uh, Donald Cerrone. I like the, the Teal-RDA fight, but it's a matter of, well, where's Tyron Woodley? Because if Tyron Woodley comes back, I would imagine RDA gets him, yeah? Um, I mean, if you look at the rankings right now, I mean, RDA has done a fantastic job. He's earned, he's earned that title shot. Now, if he, basically, in essence, what he would be doing is defending his number one contendership. And I know he's not number one in the rankings. Stephen Thompson's number one currently on the rankings. But RDA would basically be defending his title shot. That's a huge risk. Okay, now, you want to get paid? You got to fight. Right? And, and Darren Till's not an easy opponent. As we've seen, um, he, he brings the pain. He brings a lot of problems. Uh, I know Cowboy Cerrone isn't who he once was, but he can still fight. He can't take the punches that he used to be able to take. Uh, that's not to discredit Darren Till, but would I like to see that fight? Sure, why not? But I'd much rather see Rafael Dos Anjos take on Tyron Woodley for the title. I'd like to see Darren Till at number seven right now take on the number eight, Kamaru Usman. But Usman, as, hard, as much as he's trying to raise awareness and raise hype around himself, it's just, people just aren't biting just yet. Seems like everybody's waiting to see what Tyron Woodley does. It's yeah. almost like NBA free agency where all the teams wait to see what LeBron's going to do. Then the dominoes yeah. start to fall. Because right now you don't have Ponzinibbio booked. You don't have Usman booked. You don't have Teal booked. Uh, I don't think Maya is booked. I don't think Covington is. And Rafael Dos Anjos isn't. Is is Thompson? Uh, no, Thompson just fought Masvidal, right? Yeah, Thompson fought, yeah. well, just four months ago. Four mo- yeah, see, it's, they're all, it's all a big blur. So it's yeah, and Masvidal's not blur. booked either. So like nobody is booked in that that division right now. There's that movement has to keep going. I get it. Nobody wants to lose their winning streak, but really the only person I see calling out everybody saying fight me now is Kamaru Usman and to a degree Colby Covington just because he's willing to piss everybody off. Yeah, and that's who Kamaru wants and Colby's denying it and that doesn't want doesn't want to do it and blah blah blah, right? So Yeah. Uh Kamaro's a dangerous fight for anybody in that division. It, it's just that's the bottom line. So uh, I don't think Colby will accept it. It's too much of a risk, but I can see Colby. I mean, he, he's angling for his own title shot. I mean, he's you know, they're ATT guys, Tyron and Colby, but they're on different sides of, of the country, not different sides of the country, but far away enough that Colby's like, you know what, you ain't ATT, and blah, 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 blah. So he's, he's, he's just wreaking havoc. So also, Luke Rockhold wants Alexander Gustafson. I think Luke Rockhold needs to move up to 205. That is a fresh coat of paint for him. And in that division, he is two or three wins away from a title shot. And not just two or three wins. Like, if he wins three out of four, probably probably title shot territory for him. Yeah. Doesn't take much in that division. Who's the champion? Daniel Cormier, but he's retiring in a year. Yes. If that's the case, I could see that happening. But I, do you think... Luke Rockhold can get past Alexander Gustafson? I wouldn't know. Gustafson never fights. And Rockhold rarely fights. I made the joke, I can't wait to see this fight in 2023 when they're both healthy. Yeah. (laughs) I just just look at that and think, "Mm." I I just think, I mean, I I know you and I will disagree on certain fighters at times. I just think Gustafson is, is... we too much for Rockhold. I know Rockhold will have may have a speed advantage, 
but in the because he's always a smaller fighter coming up a yeah. division, uh, and he might might actually look fantastic because he doesn't have to cut all that weight. But Gustafson is just oh, that's I, a pay per view co main event. That's a that's a legit Fox main event. That's really good stuff. I uh, I enjoy the idea of a Gustafson versus Rockhold. Now this guy didn't make his own fight, but he got a big fight. Curtis Blades against Alistair Overeem. Our own fight, our own uh, Fightful.com reporter James Lynch actually spoke to Blades before this fight was announced, and we had to wait until they they actually released officially the 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 fight because you know UFC isn't that happy if we go and spoil their stuff with the guy who's being announced for the fight. But here's Curtis Blades, and the thing you'll notice about him is he is so soft spoken, even has like a little bit of a stutter when he just talks to, to James Lynch. He's so quiet and mild-mannered, but then he gets in that cage after he beats somebody up for three rounds, and he's ready to go. Here's Blades talking about that matchup. I'm talking about one of the biggest fights of his career, the biggest fight, actually. He's going to be taking on Alistair Overeem at UFC 225, coming up here on June 9th in Chicago, his hometown. Curtis, how are you? I imagine pretty damn good. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's as simple as that, man. Now, how did you find out about this fight? Because, I mean, it's one thing to fight in Chicago, but to fight a guy like Alistair Overeem, that's got to be at the top of the list as far as dream matchups. I mean, uh, how did I find out? My manager, Rick, he called me and told me that we got offered at Alistair, and I was like, okay, let's go. And uh, I knew I knew it would, it would be someone – tough so i'm not i'm not really like holy crap you know i know it would be Oster or verdun or somebody like that but uh i am happy that it's in chicago i wasn't 100 percent sure that i would even get it so pretty happy and i know i'll be on the main card because i'm going to get alistair yeah absolutely and and we're recording this on march 2nd so when did you actually find out this is we're recording this on a friday when did you actually find out about the fight i think it was offered uh like 10 days ago, but um, I didn't get the contract to like sign and send in until yes, no, Wednesday. So I guess that's when it was like official. Were you surprised at all that he took this fight? Because, you know, he's coming off a loss. You're coming off a big win over Mark Kine. I mean, really, if anyone's going to gain anything in this scenario, it's you because he's, you know, he's sort of the big name fighter. I mean, it was pretty much that, or they weren't going to give him Verdum again. They weren't going to give him Mark Hunt again. They weren't going to give him Engano again. He he wasn't going to get the belt. And he, the only option was me or Kane. And and I don't I don't know if they offered it to Kane or not. I don't know anything about that. But he only had really two options. So. Awesome. And uh, I know uh, part of this, uh, you know, you fighting in Chicago and all this stuff, uh, part of it had to do with your, your contract. Now, did you re-up with the UFC, or was this part of an old deal as far as this fight? No, actually, I do have a new eight-fight contract. Oh, awesome. Cool. Okay. I mean, are you glad that that was taken care of? Because I know, you know, media was asking you about that, and I'm, it's annoying, you know, like, to talk about that stuff. So aren't you glad it's kind of behind you now? Of course. Uh, I hate having a talk about uh financial or contractual anything like that because i just want to focus on getting better you know and and breaking down opponents to him and 
stuff like that. Absolutely. So James Lynch with the info that Curtis Blades also has a new eight-fight contract. And Blades was was very, very cognizant of Overeem's position and the options that Overeem had in front of him. He, if you can say one thing about Curtis Blades, it's he's not running from anybody. He's taking on the toughest guys he can possibly fight that are realistic for his career trajectory. And this is going to be a big one. If he beats Alistair Overeem, he's right there. He's immediately in the hunt. Because he's he's coming off of wins over Alexia Linick and uh, Mark Hunt, and of course anybody that beats up Cody East is going to be on my good side because <laughs> what a piece of trash that guy is. But that that just a good run for the guy so far. He is he should be on a five fight winning streak, but it, it was uh, his fight over Milstead was turned over after a marijuana positive test. Get get the hell out of here. We've seen that he can go the distance. We've seen that he can. He can finish people. We can see, we saw him get hurt and and win. Yes, so. I am I am a fan of the Curtis Blades run at heavyweight, and you know how I am about young heavyweights. Just turned twenty seven last month. Well, let's do the math, Sean. At number five is Curtis Blades in the rankings. Yeah, above him is your favorite Cain Velasquez. I mean, I I like Cain Velasquez. I just like him better when he actually fights. Okay, so he. I mean, do we know when he's coming back? Right, it's just a matter of like he's when is still the there, next Winter Olympics. Right, he's still at number four, uh, and that's solely for the reason that you know we, we all know he's a great fighter. We know he's the former champion. It's just cachet and name value because people are ranking him because no one has beaten him, no one above him or below him or whatever. It's like guys, no, it doesn't work that way. He hasn't competed. Okay, so Curtis Blades at number five, Fabrizio Verdum at number three, competing this weekend. Alistair Overeem is who Curtis Blades is fighting next. He defeats Alistair Overeem. I got no problem with him going to number two. And yeah. Francis Gano at number one right now is not getting a title shot again until he fights and destroys somebody again or maybe twice. Yeah. Because Stipe Miocic beat him and beat him bad. I so, saw, so I got word from the UFC PI that Ngannou is very aware of his of his downfalls and his weaknesses and is working to uh, working on his cardio. Now, what he actually does with it, I don't know, but a Francis Ngannou looking to improve is a Francis Ngannou that I am terrified of. So, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Ngannou is, I mean, I, I, again, we can go back to it, Sean. I, I was not happy with this post-fight interview. Uh, I love the fact that he's candid. He's honest. He's just going to call it the way he feels and sees it, but you can't come out and say that about Stipe Miocic. Like, yeah. dude, you just fought the heavyweight champion of the world and you basically came out and said we weren't prepared for that or I wasn't expecting that or what? No, 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 no. So you're right. Nganu with, with more preparation, more understanding of what he can learn and bring to the octagon could be the future heavyweight champion of this division. But right now, Stipe Miocic has it on lock. He's got this thing locked down and Curtis Blades has an opportunity. Uh, I think he beats Alistair over him. I really do. I think he beats Alistair over him and finds himself at least at number two. I'm sure Verdum's going to want to say something about that, but we'll see. So in the time that since 2000, we'll say November 2013, that was a month after Velazquez defeated Junior Dos Santos, retained his heavyweight championship. Kane has one win, one loss. He's fought twice in that four years. Do you know what's happened in that time? Curtis Blades' entire MMA career. (laughs) 
all of it. Yes. The man is nine and one with one no contest. He should be ten and one. He should be ranked higher than Cain Velasquez. Don't at me on Twitter. Don't want to hear you. Don't want to hear about it. Don't care. Five straight wins, including two top 15 opponents. Cain Velasquez hasn't beat anybody since the Civil War. The Civil War. That's awesome. Yeah, listen, a huge Cain Velasquez fan, as everybody knows, but the bottom line is he's. Yeah, I, I, I'm sad about the injuries, especially a back injury. Uh, but the bottom line is this is this is a sport that, quote unquote, has rankings, and you should be ranked based on performance, based on a variety of other issues and tangibles. But performance has to be one of them. The fact that you are competing and winning or losing basically should put you again, again versus caliber, a certain caliber, caliber of an opponent. But that's how ranking should be going down. I mean, Cain Velasquez is there strictly on vanity, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's there solely because he's the former champion, and not really anyone has defeated him uh, other than the guys potentially above him. And uh, I mean, who's beaten there? Um, Verdum's beaten him. Overeem hasn't. I do like that Verdum has been willing right? to fight often and fight everybody, yeah. as as we're seeing. Like this guy is is <laughs> including Colby Covington. Yeah, he sees he sees an opportunity and he's with a boomerang. Yeah, he sees the opportunity and he's taking it, and that I can appreciate. Uh, what do you think about this Bellator situation? James Gallagher falls out of the Budapest main event. He shouldn't been headlining show anyway. I don't know how many viewers they expected to get, but not not any. And their ratings have went down, down, down. Now they have Ben Henderson against Roger Huerta. Wow. And and here's the thing about this. Uh, it doesn't this, make sense to me. This has never been a main event caliber fight because by the time that Roger Huerta was bad, I don't think Ben Henderson was even good yet. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how long it's been. Huerta, 34 years old, he'll be 35 this year, technically has two straight wins, technically has won three of his last five, but uh, his his run ended in 2007. After he tapped out Clay Guida, biggest win of his career, and he said, I will never lose again. And boy, was that dumb. Because he got his ass beat by Kenny Florian and Gray Maynard, Pat Kerr, and Eddie Alvarez, even War Machine. You couldn't even get one over War Machine, Forrest Huerta? Come on. Come on. That being said, I'm more interested in a Ben Henderson versus Roger Huerta main event than James Gallagher against almost anybody at this stage. No disrespect to James Gallagher's uh, skills or any anything like that. I'm just not invested in him yet at that level. And I and I am. I am forever invested in Ben Henderson at that level, at least as of right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Le Comité just put something on the uh, live chat that says Bellator dot 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 doesn't have to make sense. Right, yeah. like it's it's it, that that's the point. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff happening right now uh, on the live chat. By the way, top right of your screen, if you're on the YouTube page, just make sure uh, you know keep it clean, kids. But I don't understand. Like, did I miss the memo on this Budapest scenario? Like, what is it about Budapest that you would want to have a lot? Like, I mean, are, do they have like massive ratings in Budapest? I don't know about. Like, is Bellator huge out there? Man, you're asking the wrong dude for that because they go to – I know – I'm sure they go to Thackerville. I'm sure those are like sold casino shows or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that makes sense. They make money for that, but 
Man, I don't get it, but I'll watch Huerta and Ben Henderson. It's a busy weekend, but I'll I'll be watching that. Gallagher yeah, wants to return at UFC 200 that features Mirko Krokop. USADA's trying to kind of maybe step in and stop that. Bellator and, 200. Or Bellator 200, yeah. And <laughs> Scott Coker's like, hey, bros, why didn't you all say anything when he was in Japan? So who's right and who's wrong? Well, nobody's right. Because <laughs> Krokop just had oh, human Jesus. growth hormones seeping through his pores. Just seeping. Just You go up and you put your arm around him, Joe, and you're going to wake up the next day swole. Just because it got from from his body, through, it'll soak through your shirt into your pores, and you get like the contact HGH buzz, essentially. No cardio needed for a week. So, USADA's wrong, and the UFC are wrong, because he has been fighting elsewhere. The elsewhere place, Ryzen, may be wrong too, but they don't have morals. They've never pretended they do. I mean, they they, they let you call fights for them, for the love of God. So <laughs> their moral compass is just there. around anywhere you go. My own partner in crime <laughs> with a ringing endorsement of my play-by-play duties over in Japan so, at Ryzen. Love I it. I can almost respect that, the fact that they don't even pretend like they, they're not making any bones about it. They're not hiding it. They put Gabby Garcia against like Helio Gracie's aunt. Like they <laughs> dig dig up her carcass, throw her in there, whatever. So whatever. And Bellator, I guess they kind of just should have known better. But by now, they're like, well, I guess we're in the clear. Now the the part where I think, okay, maybe an issue here. Scott Coker being like. Haters gonna hate. Oh, uh, really? I don't know about that. How do you feel about it? Um, honestly, like it's one of those situations where I don't. It doesn't bother me per se, but it does in a way. Like Scott Coker has a point. Like, dude's been competing. If you have a problem with Mirko, if you have a problem with uh, him competing during this two-year ban, yada 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 yada, go get him. In Japan. He's been competing in Japan. Why now yeah. that he's competing under the Bellator banner are you guys all raising flags? Right? So if Mirko's done nothing wrong, then there's no problem. Now, the argument and the sentiment is, well, yeah, okay, it's Japan and stuff like that. Now, I, I can sit here and defend Ryzen all I want because I, I, you know, I'm contracted to them or, or I work for them and I know – what goes down uh, behind the scenes, I know the fighters are tested. They're not randomly tested. They're not surprise tested. They're told when the test is. And the argument is that's silly. It, but they're being tested. So if somebody screws up, they're in big trouble. Now, there's one thing in Japan that North American peeps may never understand because of the cultural difference is in Japan, the show and the spectacle at times is larger than the sport. The sport is irrelevant. It's the show and the spectacle that is very, very important. And that goes down to their pro wrestling days. It goes back uh, to when Inoki and Muhammad Ali uh, did their thing. It is a show. And that's what the Japanese fans and audience want. That's what they look for. They're not Ryzen and Pride and all the other Japanese shows back in the day. They're not catering to a North American audience. They're not catering to an audience outside of Japan, really. Maybe in Asia, 
but their job is to put on a show and a spectacle. And if they believe that Gabby Garcia and uh, a fairly elderly lady want to compete, well, how can we technically make it safe? We don't see it as safe, perhaps. North American fans are like, that's not really safe. But they'll sit there and they will iron out, okay, you got to make weight, Gabby, at this thing here. This has got to happen. Change this. No elbows, blah, blah, blah. They'll try and make it somewhat safe. But other than that, it's a show and a spectacle to them. Now, with Krokop competing there, and you know, you and I have talked about it numerous times, you constantly go on a barrage or verbal diatribe of how many victories he's had since he left the UFC. Okay, and people are like, well, yeah, of course, he's been, he's, you know, he's, he's on PEDs and stuff like that. Okay, if that's the case, whatever. He hasn't tested positive for anything in Japan. But if Usada was that upset and pissed off, go get him. Go get him. You didn't do anything. Now the offer comes from Bellator to fight Roy Nelson. Krokop says, yeah, I'll take that payday. Why not? I'd love to see it. And now the flags are raised? What's what's going on here, guys? Like, Why figure it out. A lot of poor decision-making in this entire situation. A lot of it. Holly Holm's not retiring. She's open to fighting Cyborg again. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, she did all right. I mean, again, for those who fight Cyborg. But I don't think she's going to beat Cyborg. I don't think Holly Holm was at the point. I mean, you give me Holly Holm five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Holly Holm, and you and I have talked about it, it's the, it's the trigger. She's not pulling the trigger for some reason. You mentioned that at times she's kind of predictable uh, with what she does in terms of... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details prior to striking, and Cyborg saw that all day, uh, I would love to see Cyborg, I mean, I'd love to see Holly Holm be a two-division champion, or at least win one and then win in another division, because I think she's just an absolutely fantastic woman. But the trigger that she doesn't seem to be able to pull in fights, I think it's to her detriment. You know, I think she's that good, but, you know, do, do we want to say that it's it's more or less um, a Winklejohn strategy and training? I don't know, Sean, but 
if she got aggressive with her combinations, a little bit more with her sticking and moving, now who the hell am I yeah. to tell Coach Winklejohn and Holly Holm, a multiple world champion in various disciplines, what to do? But, I'm simply looking at it on the surface and saying, I know you're better than that. Well, that, that happens trigger. with so many elite counterfighters in the UFC, from Leota Machida to Anderson Silva to Holly Holm. They get really aggressive and they they find a lot of success. Now, sometimes it doesn't work out the best for Leota Machida, but he he's aging. He's getting older. Uh, also, um, Verdum, who we're going to talk about in a bit, teased the idea of pro wrestling, and he misspoke and said, I have a meeting with WWE this week. That was last week. And when I contacted my people at WWE, most of them didn't even know who he was. So I put that in the Fight for Wrestling Weekly. Verdum had to clear it up. He meant... Lucha Libre in some form or fashion. Now, could Verdum have a career in calling pro wrestling, whether in Portuguese or Espanol in the future? Yeah, probably. Because he speaks both fluently and he does does so very well. So I could see that. As far as a pro wrestling career, there's nothing about Fabricio Verdum from his his body to his size even. He's 6'4", 238. But if you remember, back in the day when Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart were WWF champion, they were considered the small guys at 225, 230 pounds. And now, of course, the steroid era is long past in WWE. But you put John Cena next to Fabricio Verdum and you're going to think, oh, wow, that's humbling to watch because John Cena is about 245, 250 of solid muscle. Verdum isn't that. I don't think he fits there. Now, could he make an appearance for a Lucha Libre company? Sure. Of course. Why not? You got anything to add to this? I know pro wrestling's your favorite. <laughs> I don't mind it. Uh, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and, I, and I'm, you're probably the wrong person as well as I would say 99% of the people on the chat right now uh, for me to even contemplate speaking about this. Um, in a sec. Verdum... It's man, if the dude can get paid doing it and he can put on a good show for the fans, get her done. Why not? Right? I got no problem with it. I got no problem with anyone out there trying to make a uh, an extra dollar or make some more fun more more money in general. Like whatever, man. Go ahead and do it. Uh, but it's got to be legit. If you're going to do it, you know, you do it like the, you do it the right way, you know? Um I, I assume Ronda Rousey's doing it the right way. Um Bobby Lashley the right way, right? Like I mean, it's you, you got to you can't do it half-assed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I do want to ask you a question, and I'm, I'm going a la personal right now. Getting pretty personal right here. So, I, as a child, loved professional wrestling. As a teen, I loved professional wrestling. Huge WWE fan, WWF at the time. But I knew what I did when I used to watch uh, wrestling. I would try and suplex all my friends. I would have – I'd be doing Macho Man, Randy Savage, elbows out to peoples. I'd be doing leg drops on friends that are lying down, blah, blah. And I'm looking at my son thinking, this guy's already impressionable. He watches UFCs with me all the time. I know for a fact that he's you know, defended himself very well in the school playground because I get the phone calls from the principal. And you know, this time it was a grade four and he almost got into it with a grade five. The kid's in grade two. Uh, I'd like – maybe I want – I'm like – you want to see some cool things? I want to put on professional wrestling and show them some of the old stuff, some of the new stuff. But then I'm thinking to myself, Sean, if I do that, is that a can of worms that I'm opening up that this guy's going to start going crazy on people? 
Like he's just he's so impressionable. He doesn't care about getting hurt, and he would have no problem trying to suplex somebody. I'm like, okay, should I do it? Should I not do it? What say you? Oh, man, the the marriage of pro wrestling and MMA. It's it's funny because James Lynch always asks about like these people about it, and except for Kevin Lee recently. It's always been like a positive, like, yeah, I'd be open to that. Even those who don't aren't involved in it. And even Kevin Lee was like, too corny for me, but I'd make an appearance. Right. So, like, the lines are getting blurred more than ever. To me, when I competed in MMA and grappling and stuff like that, I had competitive urges that I had to satisfy. I got hurt, and I had to protect myself a little bit better. And I could go through a pro wrestling match and... To be honest, after the match, I'd feel more banged up than a grappling session because of all the bumping and stuff. But I could prevent injury more because I'm working with somebody as opposed to working with them. Or working against them, rather. Like, if somebody shoots a single on me and I have to pivot a certain way and my knee pops, there's nothing I can do about that. If my knee is hurt going into a pro wrestling match, I can say, Hey guy, I'm hurt. Let's work around this. Let's make this work. And that satisfied my competitive urges. I realized that I had more of an urge to perform than compete necessarily. And some of those get satisfied that way. And naturally, people who are in one will join the other. I think that almost everybody who's involved in pro wrestling should take a grappling class, should take a wrestling catch wrestling class, should know how the body works in that manner as far as your rising induced moral compass about who you turn on to pro wrestling or not <laughs> well oh, you've probably it. called more fights with pro wrestlers than i have that's a touche yes i got it yeah should Hot i introduce dog. my son hey Is live he chat him? all you kids all you dudes and dudettes and, and girls and guys in the live chat i need a yes or a no should I begin to introduce my seven-year-old disaster of a mini-me to pro wrestling? <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think it'd be great. But for now, we've got Joe Lodes on who fights Chris Grutzmacher, UFC 223, April 7th. Take a listen. And kind of on that same note, uh, what's the latest with your brother, Dan? Did he retire? What's sort of uh, the latest with him? Uh, so Dan hasn't fought in a while. Um, he's just a bunch of bad luck. He, he, he broke his foot. I uh, slipped and fell on some ice and broke his foot. And then it wasn't, he had to get all kinds of pins and put it in it. And it wasn't really fully healed. And he fought again and he got a broken arm in the fight. Uh, and it just, he's, he's just not really training at all right now. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm sure, I don't want to say he's done because you never know. He's, he's, he's a maniac. But uh, I, I think for the most part, he's probably not, you know, not planning on fighting as much in the future. And just staying away from black cats and broken mirrors and ladders yeah, all, and all that all stuff that's, too, right? All the bad luck stuff, yeah. yeah Danny, Danny, Danny tends to go looking for bad luck stuff, but he, he's been doing good. He's been doing great lately. Um, how do you see this fight sort of unfolding on April 7th? Uh, you know, I, you know I, we're, I think it's going to be a good fight. I really do. I, I think, you know, we're going to be, we start from the feet, obviously. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I'm going to look for, you know, let's take him down. Um, you know, I think if I take him down, I think it's, it's pretty much a done deal, you know, but I think that he just does a good job at defending guys and, uh, you know, he, he kind of lures people into his kind of fight uh, and makes it difficult on people. You know, I, I have to I have to be in really good shape. I have to be fresh. I got to go after him. Um, you know, so, you know, ideally we go out, we take him down right away. We submit him. You know, that, that's how I like to win every fight. But, you know, obviously, you know, 
he might he might have a little something to say about that. It might make go a little otherwise. So we'll see. I know you're not looking past your opponent here, but are you kind of uh, looking ahead as far as you know when you want to fight after this? If you come out healthy and all that, are you looking for sort of a quick turnaround, or you just want to kind of space the fights out? I mean, I, I always want a, a quick turnaround, provided I come out healthy, you know. But that's a big if, you know. Like it's, um, you, you never know what's going to happen, how it's going to go. But you know, I'm, I'm I like staying active. I, I like being in the gym. Like I said, my, my weight never really gets out of control. So, like, I think a lot of guys get broken by the diet. They don't want to do a fight camp because they don't want to do the diet. But for me, it's never really been a problem. You know, it's, it's always just something about, you know, staying healthy and, and getting after it. Uh, so, I mean, if, if, I, if, if this fight goes well, you know, I, I want to, you know, fight again right away. You know, we'll, we'll kind of see. You know, but if, if it doesn't go so well or I get, you know, hit a couple times or, you know, whatever else happens, you know, or camp doesn't go as great as I would like, I definitely, you know, I'll take time off. I, I, never, I never rush into a fight, you know, if I'm not ready. We just saw Ronda Rousey make the transition from MMA to, to pro wrestling. Is that something that would ever interest you at all? Uh, not so much. I, mean, I used to love pro wrestling when I was back in like high school, uh, but not so much. It's more like it's almost like more like acting, I think. Than, than, like obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of athleticism there, and you know, very real bumps and bruises and stuff like that. But I don't I don't think that's for me. But who, who knows? What who were your favorite wrestlers uh, growing up? Who did you like watching? Uh, The Rock. The Rock was the man. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, there are a whole bunch of really good guys. Like, you know, I, that, I, that was kind of how I got into training doing jujitsu because me and all my friends would get together and watch the pay per view, and I had trampoline. So we'd all end up in the backyard, my house, you know, on the trampoline, trying to power bomb each other and choke slam. And um, and then you know, I was I was kind of like the, the, the king of the neighborhood because I, you know, we we would start fighting and you know and, and trying to you know have like a grappling match against each other, and I, I would get behind people. I just always square me. I get behind people, I get them in the rear naked choke, uh, and then a couple of my friends started training jujitsu and they started like triangling me. So I was like, "This is bullshit! I can't have this." So that's that's how I started training, uh, you know. But I just I definitely don't watch anymore though. Like I I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, you know, five guys in the roster now. I'm the same way. Attitude Era for me was what you know got me watching wrestling, and then I just after that it was just game over. Uh, yeah, was, wasn't even on my radar. So I'm with you there. I think a lot of people are like that. It's interesting. So Joe Lozon giving us a bit of an update on his brother Dan says that he may never fight again. That's just the way he is. But Dan's still a young guy, so who knows? He did suffer a foot injury. It also talked a little bit of pro wrestling. Like he's not that interested in it too. And when you've made a UFC career like he has, to where if you fought once a year, you're probably doing okay financially just for sheer tenure. The tenure of the guy, based on Reebok and uh, his UFC fighter pay and his gym. He's doing all right. Like, he's not struggling by any means. Should he get paid more? Yeah, they all should, but still. Uh, Good to hear from Joe Lozon. He fights next month on the WrestleMania weekend uh, UFC show, which is very rare. Very rare, yep. Before we go into UFC London, UFC cut several, several fighters last week. And it's funny because I got some flack from some people. When Nick Newell won, I said, Nick Newell has beaten better talent than a lot of people. I said a giant portion. Maybe that was an exaggeration, but a lot of people in the UFC. I think his last six, seven wins are over people with winning records. You just had Ariel Beck, who was four and five in her career, cut. You had Javorgian, three and three in her career. Kaylin Curran. Four and six in her career, one and six in the UFC. Those are the people. That's the benchmark. So yeah, Nick Newell has beaten some better people. Uh, Galore Bafondo, five and three in his uh, career, one and one in the UFC. I was a little surprised about that one. 
A little surprised about that one, but maybe he, his, he just wasn't there yet. Bobby Nash, 8-4, and 0-3 oh in the UFC. And then they uh, also cut Dimitri. I'm not even trying to pronounce that name. Good luck. Good luck. I don't get paid enough for that. Sorry, Jimmy. And uh, France Barbarossa, 19-7, was 4-4 four f- and four with uh, one no contest in the UFC. Just just a natural purge, in my opinion. Nobody that stands out as, as really bad. Really, it, Honestly, the only uh, one that I could say, oh, why'd they cut him? Probably Dimitri, because he hadn't ever fought in the UFC. Never got his chance. And maybe Bufondo, because he was one and one I, You're talking to a guy that wants to see more cuts. Keep cutting. Yeah. Just keep cutting. I mean, I would like the UFC to go back to being the quote-unquote Super Bowl of MMA, where the best in the world compete in the UFC. Because right now they have, quote-unquote, the vast majority of the best in the world. And then they have the next tier, and then the next tier. And then they have CM Punk versus Mike Jackson in Chicago. Hot dog. Do you think CM Punk beats him? (laughs) I don't know. Mike Jackson like went on record and said, he can't catch up to my level. even And he's low level. I don't think Mike Jackson's won a pro fight. He got his ass whipped real bad by Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall, yeah. And CM Punk's an old guy. He's a very old guy. It was an uphill battle for him to win a fight in general. He's 39. He's real old. But, I mean, to be fair, for the last several years, he has been training at one of yep. the best camps in the world almost daily at Rufus Sport. I'm going to pick Punk to beat Mike Jackson. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. For me, uh, I, I, I love – I'll continue to, to enjoy the CM Punk story. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he, he, you know, he left the WWE the way he did and decided to you know, give her a shot. Yeah. Give her a shot in mixed martial arts at the highest level in the UFC, taking on a guy that's no joke uh, and Mickey Gall. But at the same time, I don't think he was ready yet. He wasn't yeah. ready yet because the way he went in to strike and zero care for takedown oh, yeah. defense, it looked like. So, uh, hey, listen, you live and learn, and you never know. You just never know what's going to happen. I think some of the guys in the chat uh, are being funny with some of the stuff when I asked about my son. I think it was Stone Osborne that mentioned uh, soccer kicks, soccer kicks, soccer kicks <laughs> when it comes to my son. Uh, just to let Stone Osborne and everybody know, my eye is kind of healed right now. But last Thursday, he did soccer kick me in the face. We were we he's it's, Pass it's, it's, off. it's so strange when whenever it's time like whenever I've got to finish something and I've, I'm on my iPad or we're watching this or we're having dinner blah, blah blah I'm like all right bro all right buddy what do you want to do we got soccer we got hockey we can play cards we can blah blah we done your homework we read blah blah what do you want to do I want to fight daddy. No, 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 no fighting. We have soccer. We have hockey. We can play badminton. We got basketball. I want to fight, Daddy. No, we're not going to fight. So then whatever, I oblige him. And, you know, you you, you kind of show him some moves and you kind of give him a little bit of a beating. You Then you got to let him do the same thing to you. It's like a 50-50 thing. You got to make sure you, you can't just sit there and, and dominate your child. You got to let him do some stuff to you. Well, every time it's up to him to do something to me. It's a soccer kick. It's an elbow. It's him pushing my hand down, elbowing me in the face. I'm like, you can't do that to daddy. Hey, personally, I'm giving the kids a receipt. Oh, he just – he doesn't care, man. They catch a receipt. Care. They catch a receipt. Yeah, he's uh, – he, he'll take it. 
He'll take it. And if you hurt him and he starts to get into that sad mode, he goes into yeah. terror mode. It's like, okay, you're a legit fight here. Okay, let's relax. We're good. So, but yeah, back to well, CM Punk. I, I hope he wins. Yeah, well, I'll be sending Jimmy Van my receipt for the UFC Fight Pass reimbursement this month as they have a show on Saturday. Verdum versus Volkov headlines the show. Uh, I will do a post-show wrap-up at some point this weekend. It won't be immediately following the show. But uh, the headliner is Fabricio Verdum, Alexander Volkov. We also have Jimmy Manoa versus Jan Blahovitz, Tom Dukamois, Terry and Ware. Not a lot of big names on this show. It is the type of show that you would expect from the UFC in London. Is there anything on the prelims that stands out to you? Personally, for me, it's Stephen Ray against Cajun Johnson. Yeah, that's the fight that I was hoping was going to be on the main card. I don't know, you know, I know they're 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 UFC's probably anti Cajun Johnson right now. Oh hell yeah, you know, they are. Yeah, but Stevie Ray, I love Stevie Ray, man. I think he should be on that main card, but or at least at the top somewhere, but. You know, I like Jack Marshman, Brad Scott. Uh, I think that's going to be an absolutely fantastic fight. But other than that, you know, it's it's one of those, I pray that it doesn't go, uh, every single fight goes the distance. Because not only will I be upset when I eventually have to watch it, because I should be able to watch most of it live, but then I got to skedaddle. Um, but if, if these fights all start going the distance, it's what Sean Ross Sapp starts messaging me going, ha ha. Ha ha. Good luck watching this on, on, on Sunday, right? It's like, come on, man, guys. Get some finishes going here. But, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I do want to see Cajun and Stevie Ray fight. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, that's really the only fight on the prelims I'm that excited about. I'd like to see how Dmitry Sosnovsky does against Mark Godbeer. That's like a big UFC intro test for him. Other than that, there's not a thing on the prelims I'm excited about besides Sosnovsky and... Godbeer and then Ray and Johnson. And Ray and Johnson should be on the main card. They wanted to put Tom Dukenois on there. I'm okay with that. That's an okay fight against Terry and Ware. Okay, we interviewed Terry and Ware. I think we may have interviewed Dukenois too. I can't even remember. Uh, Leon Edwards, top 15 fighter against Peter Sabata. That one's okay. And I mean, Leon Edwards has just snuck into that top 15 at welterweight. Because that's not an easy division to sneak into. And meanwhile, Leon Edwards has won his last four fights. He's won six of his last seven in the UFC. The only hiccup uh, in that that run was a unanimous decision against Kamaru Usman. But he's gotten it done, and he's going to face Peter Sabata. Still, uh, it's a fair test, I think, because Sabata has won four of his last five. So while there's a ton of this middle-of-the-road crap on this show, I think that Edwards and Sabata is a fair main card fight. Yeah. Jimmy Manoa and Blokovich is going to be uh, – that'll be interesting. And, and Jimmy's a heavy favorite in this fight. Uh, he like, probably okay. should be. Blahovich yeah. is – I mean, this is the top uh, – Blahovich is ranked 11. And he's won his last couple of fights. But, man, he goes to the scorecards an awful lot to be facing a guy like Jimmy Manoa. He oh, Jimmy's w- going to – this is backyard, man. And, I mean, a year ago, less than a year ago, I think it was last April – I thought they were going to cut Blahovich when he when he got beat by Patrick Cummins. That was four out of five for him. And then he's reeled off a couple wins. Devin Clark, uh, Jared Cannonier, and that Jared Cannonier win I think was was an impressive one that Blahovich was able to control him on the ground so much. And that, that's when you look back at some of his his wins like uh, against Igor and I uh, not the one against Latifi because Latifi would have out wrestled the hell out of him. 
that's how he gets it done, and that's how he's going to have to get it done against a Jimmy Manoa as well. He's going to have to control Manoa on the ground because I don't see him knocking out Jimmy Manoa. It can be done, of course. I just don't think it's going to happen. No. No, I think uh, that that game plan, that strategy is correct. I think Yan's got to close that distance, keep Jimmy closed, hug him, take him down, and keep him down. Do not allow him any sort of space where he could plant his feet, turn his hips over, and put a beating on your chin. Uh, I think that's the correct way uh, to fight Jimmy Manoa if you're Yan. If you can't do it and your and your footwork sucks and you don't have your entries correct. It could be a short night, man. It could be a very short night for him. Main event time for Brice over Doom, Alexander Volkov. Alexander Volkov is such a precise striker, and he has nice footwork and incredible range. And I always wonder with Verdum, is this going to be the guy? Is this going to be the guy to knock off the 40-year-old, the, the, the 39-year-old time? You know, Walt Harris stood the chance of maybe just catching him by surprise with like that last-minute type of thing. Uh-uh. Not happening. I thought Marcin Tybura might be on the come up. Nope. Do you think Volkov can do that? 29 years old, has been to the mountaintop in Bellator, has been to the mountaintop in M1, currently has a three-fight winning streak in the UFC. Timothy Johnson, Roy Nelson, Stefan Struve. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the last three guys uh, that he's defeated, um, you would think he'd pose some some problems to Verdum. The problem with Verdum is... His speed is deteriorating. He's 40. Let's be honest. His speed, his power is still there, which is his strength when it comes to the stand-up. His execution of technique, especially you know, with, with, being with King's MMA uh, and Rafael Cordero, you know those knees are going to come up the middle. The knees are going to come up the middle, and he's going to have no problem throwing bombs. And when, you real, when you've got the experience that Verdum has, you're not going to be afraid to stand and bang with a guy like Volkov because if Volkov decides – what are you going to do? Take me down to the ground? I dare you. Yeah. And uh, perhaps the most impressive win on Volkov's career came f- like four years ago when he beat Blagoy Ivanov. That is a win. I think that means more than the win over Struve, Nelson, Johnson, Attila Vey, anybody. Brett Rogers, Rico Rodriguez. I think that Blagoy Ivanov was his biggest win. And uh, this is a real test for Verdum at this stage. Tybura was an okay when Walt Harris wasn't. That was a last minute. And yeah. he couldn't get past Overeem, and we all know what happened in the Miocic fight. But uh, Verdum is one of the greatest of all time at heavyweight, and this is an opportunity for Volkov. Because as we as we mentioned in Blades, and his ability, if he beats Overeem, he's in the conversation. If Volkov beats Verdum, he's immediately in the conversation at heavyweight, uh, among the heavyweight title picture. And that's a good thing for the UFC. Because, I mean, if I'm the UFC, I probably do want Volkov winning this. Because it's a younger yeah. guy. You, you, <laughs> and then you've got you've got some stuff to work with there. You have a Volkov. You have an Nganu. You have uh, Curtis Blades. That That is quite... And that's not even mentioning. you got Tai Tuivasa just chilling at number 14. He's waiting. Just waiting, waiting for... Yeah. And our, our boy, Junior Albini. You just never Junior know. Albini, yeah, a little baby head. Baby head Albini. <laughs> okay, so Enough of what we think. Let's hear what the pros think. I think Volkov, he's a very refined technical striker. I think he's probably one of the most refined 
just in terms of his uh, stand-up and like the angles and movement and his uh, defense. So I think he's he's going to capitalize on that. I think he catches him somewhere in the later round. So not first round, but maybe second, maybe third round. I think he wins. If Erdum does win, which I could totally see happening, uh, I think he pulls it off on the ground. I think I think Verdum Verdum I think he has the the better uh, uh, experience even though you know he is getting older as well you know he's uh, how old is Alexander exactly? I would take Verdum in, in that in that matchup. I'll still I'll still take him. Volkov I I I've been watching him a good bit, but I think uh, Verdum is the guy to go for on this one. Uh, just more of a, uh, a veteran, so to speak, and um, he's, I think, a little bit more well-rounded. Got to go with Redoom. I think Redoom's just super well-rounded. Uh, anywhere it goes, he's pretty good, man, and I love how he comes in with those flying ninja kicks. Man, I would say uh, for BCO, probably a submission. Keep this one short. I'll just go with Redoom. I think he's the more experienced, more well-rounded guy, and uh, I'll take him by submission. Um, it's tough, man. I, I like both guys, um, but um, I don't know. I think I think um, I think Fabrizio's gonna be able to pull it out. I mean, he's just he's just been getting better with age. Um, you know, the guys, his striking is just has just gotten in, in, incredible over the last couple of years under Rafael Cordero. So I'm gonna go with Fabrizio. Of course, we have live coverage of UFC London on Saturday. We'll do a post show at some point. But uh, a couple of pro wrestling plugs. We ha- we do have some premium content coming up, which we will announce tomorrow on List and Ya Boy. I did a Ring of Honor 16th Anniversary post-show podcast. I have started an NXT uh, post-show podcast. No set time or date on that. Also, this weekend, I have a full uh, shoot interview with Jack Swagger, now of Bellator MMA. I filmed it with him just before he announced that last year. You probably saw some of my segments with him on Listen Your Boy last year. That's coming out. Also, our Fightful Alternate Commentary podcast that myself and Anna Bauert did covering the Hogan versus Warrior WrestleMania 6 match in the Sky Dome, Joe. So I'm there for that. About. Not sure if I was there for that. I was. I, I saw a bunch of shows at the Sky Dome. 1990. I remember the... Uh, Demolition when they had uh, was Andre the Giant. Really, it was Andre the Giant who was the third Demolition dude. I forgot what that was. That storyline was, but uh, I remember that. Yeah, we. Uh, I used to go watch all kinds of WWF back in the day, man. Well, April first, nineteen ninety is when it was. Even before that, I think I was uh, man. On late that show, eights. on that show, Andre actually faced Demolition. He teamed with Haku and faced Demolition. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing. Hogan live, Harley Race, Virgil, Mr. De- or uh, Ted DiBiase, <laughs> the Million Dollar Man. I mean, that, that was we used to like twelve years old, not even twelve, eleven years old. Leave home, ride the subway all the way downtown. Back in, when times were safer, man, just all the oh, way yeah. downtown Toronto. Get in there, get our tickets, watch the show, come right back home. Midnight, parents didn't say where they knew where we were, and things were you know much safer back then. But uh, I remember going to watch those shows. I used to go watch a lot of wrestling shows. I used to love it. Before we go, Brian Kelleher, John Lineker added to uh, UFC 224. Hell of a fight, I think. Yeah, I love that fight. That's going to be fantastic, man. That's going to be a scrap. Guys, head over to FightfulMMA.com. Click that exclusives tab. The first thing you'll see, exclusive interview with Michael Chiesa. He eviscerates Mario Yamasaki and tells his side of the story 
about him flipping Kevin Lee off at the Performance Institute. We will compile those and have both sides of that story on an upcoming Holy Smokes episode. We have UFC 223's Calvin Qatar talking about his uh, fight against Hanato uh, Carnero. Terry and Ware talking about UFC London. Israel Adesanya talking some pro wrestling. Ronda Rousey, his fight against uh, Marvin Vittori. Ashley Evans-Smith who said that Beck Rawlings is a raunchy, bad representation of MMA. Oliver Encamp talking Danny Roberts, his layoff, the UFC PI, UFC's 223's Mike Rodriguez. We have an exclusive with Kevin Lee. We have an exclusive with Curtis Blades. We have a feature up on Chris Cyborg and the numbers that she delivers outside of the cage for the UFC. We have Stephen Ray. Interview with him. How about that one? How about Cajun Johnson? We have him too. (laughs) And of course, over on our YouTube, we have Alex Hernandez, who we will have on the show very, very soon. Lots of great stuff. And that's just as far as back as I'm willing to go. I'm just, James Lynch does some great stuff for us. Make sure you all tune in tomorrow. Listen, your boy, 3 p.m. Eastern. Get the information on that premium content. I've been filming content, recording content, gathering content for this premium service for a while. You all will enjoy it. Joe, anything else you got? That's it, man. I'm actually looking forward to Saudi's car. I know it sounds weird, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of the scraps. Uh, other than that, just doing my thing. Busy, busy, busy. Have to head to the other side of... Uh, well, you know Toronto. i got to head the other yeah. side of the greater Toronto area. I've got uh, two meetings I want to take care of. Uh, but other than that, yeah. Maybe we're into Elias. I heard Elias is, uh, might be in, the, in those parts. We'll see. Nice. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. There's always something going on uh, with yours truly. It just it never ends. Um, I've changed my sleeping pattern, Sean. I wake up at 6 o'clock every day. No thanks. Yep. 6 o'clock every day. Uh, at the very least, I'm sitting in this chair by 6.30. By 6.30 a.m., I'm in this chair tackling anything and everything uh, that an entrepreneur has to do. Uh, and, of course, sometimes I'd have my coffee and I'll just see what the heck you and Jimmy are doing. Uh, I'd fight full and read some of the stuff. And then I realize I got to get back to work real quick and then back and forth. But, uh, yeah, Fightful MMA, Fightful Online, it's just, just so much content. I could literally read and watch everything on the sites for like five days straight and still not get bored. Funny and perhaps a coincidence that minutes after I uh, mentioned my Performance Institute sources on Francis Ngannou, he posted a tweet with a photo of him saying, I am back in business. We'll see. Francis, we know you're watching, buddy. Just come on the the show already. Come on. We know you wait for Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We don't have the giant media corporations backing us. But you can still come on. You can still come on. Guys, follow me at Sean Rossap. Follow us at Fightful Online. We are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.